Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Self Love Show. We have an amazing special guest today with us, my dear sister, Tristan St. Germain. She's been a longtime friend of mine, and I'm so grateful to have her here. I'm going to read her bio in a second. Uh, Tristan is just an amazing friend of mine and just my dearest sister. Again, I want to say that. And we've shared a lot of magical journeys together in life. And I'm just so thankful for her opportunity to share her medicine and her work in the world today on this show. And thank you viewers for being here weekly. And if you're new, welcome. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. So we're going to dive in. I'm going to read her bio. So it's really all about optimizing your reality today. And Tristan's going to share amazing things tips and tools about this. So Tristan St. Germain is the alchemistical sacred container creatress, extraordinaire, transformational holistic life coach, compassionate inquiry practitioner, and movement medicine facilitator, fitness professional, ceremonialist, psychedelic peer support preparation, integration coach, and manual therapist, artist, dancer, writer, mother, and so much more, right? It sounds like a lot. I know. And it is. However, <laughs> this is curriculum and culmination of over 25 years of personal development, education, and life experience. So her work is a living tree, deeply rooted in the richness of the earth, with branches that extend out into the cosmos. Essentially, she's a sacred container creatress, nurturer and the alchemical process of transformation, who works between the dimensions of the structured, physical, and unstructured, psyche and mind. So she shows up as a psycho-spiritual cheerleader, seeing your potential even when you may not. And that's so amazing. Offering tools and support for you to reconnect your true divine nature and in the present higher self. So you may access your own body's intelligence and healing capabilities. She's dedicated to empowering others to cultivate their own interference, self-love, self-compassion, joy, confidence, and balance of mind and spiritual wellness. She does the work aside you lovingly and lovingly holds space for you every step of the way. So she will be offering tools and techniques right now for optimizing our reality. And part of this process is examining our triggers and our relationships with the inner critic and how we can learn to relate to our exiled parts with compassion and love. And the second part of the work she will share is how we can successfully create new healthy habits that support our highest and best dream vision of who we want to be. So, wow. Wow, 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 Tristan. That is just an incredible body of work you have spoken about in your bio. So, I'm really curious. Can you tell us, like, tell us about your history with this and how kind of this really began for you? I would love to hear a little bit about the compassionate inquiry and, like, you know, just more of your magic here. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Dawn. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show with you. It's, uh, it's been about a year since the first time I was on when you first started this show. And so it's been really amazing to watch you and Trish grow this and just continue to share your gifts and bringing on different 
um, medicine women and you know healers to also share theirs. It's been just such a, a pleasure to witness you both in this process. So thank you for having me and thank you to everyone out there watching, um, whether you're here live or watching it later. Um, so yeah, like how did I come to this? It's, yeah, let's see, let, let me see how I can like wrap that up into a, a, a little bit of a, because it's a long, you know, 25 years. Let me see if I can squeeze that into a few minutes. <laughs> I, for me, right. you know, I, I would say like the beginning for me started, um, you know, at about like 21 or so Two like major big things happened in my life. You know, first I had met my first truly activated um, goddess woman. I had moved to Venice Beach, California, and I encountered these two women that were like in their late 30s that were just like boombastic, like absolutely in their power totally gorgeous like fierce as can be like just so in their power and so in their compassion and presence and they were both healers and uh danielle uh schweitzer and penelope crabtree i have to just say their names because um i just they're so dear to my heart and these women inspired me i had never seen any woman like this before like i really did not have um you know, that type of a role model in my life. And so I, I didn't even know, like, you could grow up and be like that I, I, because I just hadn't experienced it. And these women were both did body work and yoga and like ate super healthy and just opened me up to like a whole world that I didn't even know existed. And, yes. um, you know, and, <laughs> and through that, you know, that inspired me to get into, you know, my body in a way through yoga and through dance and, and also just, you know, receiving healing touch. I had never had had a massage before. So that was the beginning of actually, you know, receiving that. And things just started to open up in me just in the presence of these women, like, you know, emotions arising that I, I didn't even understand. And, and back then, this is, you know, over 25 years ago or something like that. Um, losing track of time now. <laughs> the word trauma wasn't a thing right like it's such a buzzword right now trauma but it really wasn't a conversation at least not anywhere even within the healing circles back then that I really heard about transformational oh, no. work any of that yeah. like I didn't even know I just thought this was life this is how life was the things that have happened are just how life is um, but what I you know started to realize and unravel that early time was like whoa I've been through a lot of stuff and um and it's affected me in different ways and so that that sort of just opened my perception to the, the healing path. And, um, and simultaneously, I got to experience my first psychedelic journey inward. So be taking LSD with a blindfolded headphones and being, um, you know, in a, in a space where I was protected, and safe where I can journey inward for like eight hours. And I did that multiple times during that, you know, those couple years between 21 and 25. Um, and that going inward was a whole new experience because I'd done psychedelics externally and I had been to a lot of parties and raves and, you know, definitely had a lot of transformational stuff happen, but this was different. It was like, I was giving myself a gift I felt like by going inward and it, and it sparked my interest uh, going inward. Um, however, that was the only, I hadn't heard of ceremonies or indigenous, you know, work with medicine yet at that time. This was really more of like Stan Groff's work based on holotropic breath work. And um, yeah, it was just a different, a different way, but it was incredibly healing and it started to open the door uh, inward. Now, you know, uh, as time went on, I ended up going to school for body work, shiatsu and Swedish massage and studying Reiki and whatnot. And that, that sort of opened that door for me. Like I had noticed early on that I 
had a natural gift with my hands and touch. I could feel energy and, and I knew because of the feedback I was getting, like I just work on people just before school and people would have these amazing, great experiences. And so the feedback was there. And so for me, that was my first inspiration on the healing path was to, to dive into the healing work. And that, that took the front seat for a number of years in my life while I lived in Southern California. Also at the same time, you know, is where you come into the picture, you know, was uh, dance and performance. And yes, we were part of a, you know, a performance troupe early on. This is, you know, again, 20 years ago or so. And that was also simultaneously a huge part of my life, like costume making and, and, you know, performance. And, um, and so, you know, then I had my first child and that, that took, you know, at that point, I just took like a five, six year break from the healing arts from being in service in that way, because I was deep in mothering. I moved off the grid and I just dove into having children. So I had two children over that time and between like mothering and nursing and everything, it was a good like five, six year period um, where I was just really like off, pretty off the grid living up in Northern California. However, all the arts continued, right? I created a clothing line and did a lot of fashion and performance stuff and a lot of really beautiful connections with different people up in these parts. Um, and eventually started to kind of branch out more into the world and um, teaching, teaching dance and teaching movement and simultaneously getting into deeper plant medicine work. So like psychedelics have been a part of my life for almost 30 years. Like I started pretty young as a psychonaut explorer when I was about 15, 16 um, with LSD and then mushrooms. And then, um, you know, that just continued to grow. And I've always been a bit of an explorer, but this is where ayahuasca came into my life and working in the traditional Shipibo ceremony style, uh, things really started to open up in me. Like that was the catalyst to really look at like what I would see was trauma. Right. And seeing like, whoa, into the shadow of myself and like really seeing the parts of myself that I was so, that were like my blind spots, you know, the hidden aspects of my psyche, the parts I didn't want to look at the ugly, the not beautiful, those parts that were just like exiled and the parts I absolutely wanted to keep exiled. Well, the medicine just kept bringing that stuff to the surface. And over, I say a good like seven year period of like deep work with that medicine, um, you know, everything started shifting and changing for me. And my, my calling started to change. Like at that point, like just doing art was, was amazing and successful and beautiful and always would be a part of me. But I was just feeling this like deeper call to be of service and helping people. And I felt, you know, part of it was just like the way that I am in community with others and how people come to me, you know, a lot of times to want to process what they have going on. And I just felt like oh, I have kind of like a natural gift here and I can feel that and I can feel it wanting to, to expand and to learn more and to just gather more tools to share. And, um, and so that began the process. You know, I started off going to school for psychology. This is about seven years ago. Um, it just kind of just to scratch the surface. I went to the JC just to open that door a little bit and um, and studied a lot of modalities, you know, over the last, I guess, now, I think about seven years between like yoga teacher training and continuing to teach movement and dance um, and then shifting, you know, fitness that reignited the body work, right? That That's where the body work started to come back in. I was like, oh yeah, like I'm touching people a lot when I'm doing like fitness work. And I realized I was like, yeah, this is still here. And I was feeling that call to, you know, bring that medicine back through. Um, and, you know, simultaneously training in different of these indigenous healing modalities. So one was I 
you know, traveled the medicine wheel with the shaman's journey with the Caro, um, became becoming a full Mesa carrier, which was really amazing because it didn't involve any psychedelics. And it was a really grounded approach to connecting with nature, with the elements, with ceremony, with creating what we call despacho, um, which is a form of creating this beautiful, intentional ceremonial offering, giving thanks, um, working with elements like fire and water and such and, and different like spirits and spirit guides and opening sacred space. And this really just connected me deeper and deeper into this path. And part of that was like shamanic journeying through drumming and rattling and such. And uh, that really started to open things up for me. And again, like this, the healing is like wanting to come through. So I felt like the body work was a great catalyst to invite people in and for healing, whatever is going to come through. Um, and then there was like the mind, right? So like, I'm thinking about like, okay, well, where do people need to be met? It's like, you know, we're either out of balance in the psyche, in the mind, suffering in the mind or in the physical, the body is suffering. It's not in alignment or spiritually. And sometimes it's all of it. Right. And so, you know, I started developing my, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's all of it. And so I worked out, I've been working deeply, you know, for the last 20 plus years on myself, really finding balance in between those aspects of my whole self, right? Because if we look at the whole self, we have to look at all those parts, right? Those, those layers, the layers of the mind, the, the mindset, limiting beliefs, the stories we tell ourselves, how we're framing our perceptions about reality and how, who oh, we yeah. are in relation. Yeah. And then there's like the yeah. spiritual connection. Yeah, like you can be. Oh, I was just going to say a lot of our show has been all about uh, cleansing the lens of perception. You know, that's a lot of the deep work that Absolutely. I do. And that's where our, our work really aligns in that way. It's very similar are the work we do in the world. So I love, yeah. I love what you're saying. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, if you're really, you know, the mind can be in a good way and even you can be really in the body and grounded in the body and physical, but like feeling disconnected, you know, there can be feeling this, uh, this essence of something missing. And a lot of times that's like that spiritual groundedness, you know, and for me what spirituality means is, is nature, connecting back into nature. It's not something so externalized. It's really in internal and in nature, you know, like come back and go hug a tree, take your feet naked, like be on the earth and just feel the vibration of, of mother earth, you know, get off the concrete, get off the couch, get away from the TV and just reconnect into nature. And there's so much wisdom that arises within our own selves by just reconnecting with nature. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm hearing and hearing something so powerful and beautiful, right? Like when we allow ourselves to get out of our out of our space, like out of the couch we're sitting on, away from com- electronics, and just go unplug to plug in, right? To plug yeah, into. Exactly. Self, right? I love that. Yeah, uh-huh. because that, that's how I hear it. Like, like get unplugged from like what you might be super connected to with like electronics and things that might be stressing you out and just go sit in the sunshine and realize you're all that is. Yeah. Right. One with nature, one with all that is like, that's so beautiful and, and so simple. Yeah. Yeah. All this stuff is actually simple. It's just tweaking our mindset. It's again, like cleansing the lens of perception, like stepping outside of how we've been viewing our reality and just trying on another set of lenses, trying on a new perception, you know, challenging the story, challenge the story, challenge the story of like abandonment. Like, Oh, I'm always in these relationships. And I just feel like I'm always getting abandoned. Well, that's a story you're telling yourself, right? 
yeah like in, not you but just like in general like when we're working with you know with people like people have their stories like a, you know lack of abundance that's another big story you know like relationship stuff um you know that th- these stories continue and there's a reason why like there's actually like a scientific reason why those stories happen you know and maybe i'll i'll share a little bit about that because i think that can be really helpful to understanding you know our our psyche and how the mind works um and oh, that yes. is that you know like from conception is the beginning forming of our consciousness right like the second that we are becoming into beingness inside of mom you know this is we're coming in like i feel like a clean slate so to speak you know like everything's forming um and at this point you know we don't have a prefrontal cortex right that that comes later on after like adolescence right so there's no like logic and reason developing it's really we're just like hardwiring right now but we're the hard wiring of our computer system of the brain and so everything that's going on for mom is like the first imprint right like all of mom's like happiness and joy and, and fear and neuroses and her excitement and her trauma and everything that's going on in the external environment, her relationship with the father figure or mother figure, whoever else is a partnership, the, you know, siblings, the family, the, you know, her job, like all of that is also informing, you know, and then we come out into beingness into human form. And then our environment is, is, is in hardwiring our, our brain in those first few years. So really like those like limiting belief structures about who we are in relation to reality is what is formed in those first few years that stays with us for a long time. And so then what happens is, is that, you know, there's a part of the brain that develops the the super ego, right? That's like the part that's there to help us survive for better or worse. Even if we're in a very, you know, traumatic, abusive childhood, like we have to survive it. Right. And, um, and really what are we always striving for? Striving for nurturing and love attachment, Mm -hmm. right? Healthy attachment. Um, and, you know, in, in those early years, you know, a lot of time, a lot of us, you know, sacrifice our authenticity for attachment to our loved ones, like not, you know, basically suppressing like our true self of, and our expression to fit into the paradigm of the family box, like their belief systems, their structures of what is what those labels, you know, of who we are. And that can be really, you know, damaging carrying that into later life. And what happens is, is as we get older and as the brain continues to develop, there's this thing called confirmation bias that happens. And what that is, is that unconsciously we create situations to confirm our own biases. So if the story is, um, it's not safe to be here and I'm always abandoned in relationships and I'm not worthy of love, unconsciously we'll create, recreate those stories over and over, right? Because that's how we're hardwired. Now, just till we wake up. Those, yeah, till we wake up and th- decide that, oh, actually, like I'm on a hamster wheel and I don't want to be on this anymore. Like I want to change my reality. And so the beauty is, is that you totally can. Nothing is, you know, everything's fluid. Everything's moving. There's nothing, nothing completely solid in the whole universe. Everything's constantly changing, right? So we have the ability and the power none those, to. None of those stories, yes. none of the stories or potential lies that we put to tell ourselves, right? Like imprints, they're just imprints right. from who knows how long they've been carried in your psyche and your, in your beingness, right? Sometimes yeah. they're deep ingrained things that are actually your, your mother's 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 mother's, you know what I mean? Like that's how far yeah. back it can go. And right. you don't know yeah. 
And there's no need to really know, but you will have a powerful comp piece of confirmation come through when you're working with it. You'll have a deep aha knowing sometimes that you're like, oh my gosh, this is my grandfather's or this is my, you know, and that's powerful when that comes to you because you know you're right on track to like really laying down the conditioning and the imprints and the patterning, right? And that's, you know, we're both so passionate about that work, right? Of helping others really like peel back the layers of what this is for someone. And so I'm, I'm really proud and excited to share this journey with you in this way, because it's so powerful when someone is committed to their work, no matter how long it takes someone, when they really step forward and say, I'm willing to do whatever it, I need, I'm ready to see all the parts. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's the commitment alone to say that to yourself gives your consciousness permission to bring all of it forward. And, and yeah. the beautiful thing is your consciousness is so wise. It's not going to give it to you all at once. It's going to give it to you in a kind of time, time released. So, you know, when like, okay, you just had a really powerful upgrade. Now you're feeling good. Now it's time to trickle in another, the next layer. Right. And so it just works like that. You just keep like peeling back the layers, layer after layer. So, yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me more about your, you know, this <laughs> inquiry. It's yeah. so good. Well, I, I want to just add one more thing to what I left off on with confirmation bias, because I don't want to just leave it at, oh, well, you know, you're on a hamster wheel and you're just going to keep confirming your negative yes. stories. I want to say that that can work in your favor as well. So when you start diving into this self inquiry and like wanting to rewire these patterns, that same confirmation bias can reaffirm the good stuff that you're calling in as well, right? So if your new program you're running is like, I'm, I am like worthy of love, like I am, you know, safe right here, right now in this time, in this body, I, you know, I am abundant, like whatever your story is, the new story you're telling yourself, you will also subconsciously start to create uh, situations in your environment, in your reality, they're going to confirm that bias, right? So I like to take an approach of being pro-noia, which is the opposite of paranoia, which is that this belief, I have this belief and I believe it to my core that the entire universe is conspiring to help me constantly, yes. right? Even, yes, when there's yes, a, a, yeah. even when there's a trial, you know, and as you know, my, my family's home just burned to the ground like five months ago, you know, and we've lost all of our earthly treasures and, and even that, like, even though it's devastating and sad and there's been grief and there's grief and I, you know, allow that to come through and it needs to, I also trust that there's, there's something unfolding here that's greater for our highest and best. Because it's like, if I, if I allow myself to be a victim of my reality, then I'm going to be suffering. Instead, if I can look at everything, I'm like, okay, there's something here for me. This is part of my soul journey. It's part of our family journey. Then I can actually extrapolate out of ash something a gem right a diamond something there's something there yes. out of every situation so I, I just want to invite everyone to really consider you know your belief systems you know and and really considering adopting that pronoia mindset that you know you are there all the help is here all the assistance is here whether it's in human form or spirit form like we're totally surrounded by love and if we want to attune yeah. ourselves to that vibration right that vibration of of growth, of love, of abundance, of all the things, then that stuff magnetizes to us the law of attraction, right? That's that's yes. the realest deal that I I can I I know of um, is really the law so of attraction. Want, so yeah, 
I want to ask our viewers just out there, yeah. is any of this resonating for you guys? Like, tell us, like, put put some comments in the chat. Let us know if, if do you resonate with the concept of pronoia and like really allowing yourself to feel that the universe has your back. We do have one viewer saying the universe has my back with a bunch of hearts and emojis. Yeah. And uh, yes, Antonia, does. hi. It says unplug to plug in to the vibration of one. <laughs> so just yes. wanted to say thank Thanks for our viewers. And this is such a powerful concept you're sharing. And it's, it's, it's beyond a concept for me. It's like a way of being. I also see every opportunity as an opportunity to explore self, right? Because everything is a mirror for ourself and our, of awakening, right? So what am I awakening to in this opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so beautiful. So to answer your last question. Um, about compassion inquiry. So that's a great segue, you know, of this work. So compassion inquiry is a psychotherapeutic approach to, you know, really looking inward. And this is developed by Dr. Gabor Mate. Um, and really his work was extrapolated by Sat Dharam. She's um, amazing. They both are living in Canada. The compassion inquiry um, organization is a huge international family. And it's been such an amazing group to be a part of. Um, and yeah, so I became a practitioner through that organization. And really what this, this work has become the foundation of my coaching practice, right? And what that means is that it's, it's given me a lot of tools to ha- help people drop into the body, right? It's a very somatic approach to really tuning into our triggers and noticing where we're holding those in our body and what those feel like. And really the more we dive inward into that physical sensation that is accompanied with the trigger, there's so much information there. And then we can really access different parts of our psyche, right? So um, I love the lens of internal family systems. I don't know if you're familiar with that work, but um, Gabor Mate has been really bringing, you know, Dick Schwartz's work into the Compassion Inquiry um, family. And I just resonate with it so deeply. And that, you know, there's all these different parts of the psyche. It's very Jungian philosophy, Carl Jung's work, where it's like there's these, we have all these archetypes inside of us. We are all of the things, right? But some are more present than others. And tuning yeah. into, you know, um, these these aspects of our psyche and, and, and just noticing like, you know, who's, who's running the show, you know, which part of the psyche is part of the self and, um, you know, which parts are the exile parts. And then how do we make room for there to be room for all the parts? right? So that there's room for everyone. Um, because what is the exile part, right? I, I look at the exile part as like the inner critic, right? That part of the self that is, you know, talking us down, right? Telling us we're not good enough. Like, see, you did that again, or you're not smart enough, or you're not worthy of love, or, you know, you're never going to do that right. Like, whatever, we have, we all have these stories. And, um, and it's there, it's there for everybody. I haven't met a single person across the planet, no matter what their ethnicity, their age, their gender, their academic background, their everybody has the inner critic, you know? And so the inner critic is this part of the subconscious that is really old, right? And so our relationship a lot of times is this battle. And what I've noticed in working with people, a lot of people um, feel belittled by that part of the self, almost like it's an angry mom or dad or like demonic, you know, kind of being, you know, when I ask people to tune in a lot of times to that, inner critic and what is that like for you like who is the inner critic a lot of times it is comes off as something externalized 
And then I, you know, the perspective I offer is like, well, what if you looked at it as your wounded child? What if you looked at it as like little three-year-old you that just doesn't know any better and it's actually like crying out for help and attention? Would you relate differently? How would you treat a little three-year-old? You know, because again, there's a lot of times it's like battling happening with the inner critic. You know, it's either like a complete belittlement and um, a person is like cowering away from their own self and being beaten down or they're fighting. There's a fight. And then with that, there comes this, you know, um, oftentimes this pattern of wanting to suppress it, shove it away, shove the exile away, not listen, not give it a voice or self-medicate or and distract the self from even being like, able to connect with it, right? Like putting the fingers in the ear, like, la, 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 I can't hear you. Well, if we just give our attention, our witness to that part of the self and give it some voice, oftentimes we will learn so much. So when I work with people, I, that's a lot of what I do, you know, is just giving voice to these parts, right? Like give voice, allow the person to just be in their subconscious and like let that part of the self arise. And what will happen is, the, the information's right there. I'm not telling a person what it is that they need. They say it for themselves. But if I yes. ask their logical mind, a lot of times they don't know. But if we just like say, okay, let's let the logic brain get out of the way for a second. Let's give voice to the sadness. Let's give voice to that, that fear, you know, that part of that wounded child self. Oftentimes mm-hmm. they just tell a person exactly what it needs. And, and what does it come down to a lot of times is, is self-love is safety, is self-acceptance. And a lot of times we're, we're, we're looking for it externally, you know, because we didn't get it, our needs met externally, maybe when we were little and nurturing in the way that we wanted, even though our parents did the best they can, every one of them, you know, for better or worse, um, they all fuck us up a little bit. <laughs> so this is an opportunity to like give that love to ourselves, mothering ourselves, fathering ourselves and, yes. um, and, and not seeking it externally in relationship you know whether it's relationship with a uh, partner love relationship or friends validating from within and like when we learn to validate ourselves from within that we're not dependent our joy and happiness not dependent on externally we just are that yeah yeah I can really resonate with what you're saying I've done this very work in in my own graduate studies work with USM and it's transformed my life like really dealing with the inner critic and like, cause my inner critic really showed up for me as like my angry father. So I was always being like belittling and angry to myself because of just, you know, and the, and I found that the exiled parts of myself really were rooted in deep shame for myself because there was so much woundedness there and I was so ashamed of what happened. So it was like, there was the, that's what, when you say exiled parts, that's what it was for me. Like, and mm-hmm. when I really leaned in to allow the voice to arise of whatever it needed to tell me, sometimes it was my five-year-old. Sometimes it was my eight-year-old. Sometimes it was my pissed off 13-year-old. Like, you know, I'm so done with the patterns. I'm so done. Like there's all the different parts of myself over the time span of the, you know, and once I learned this work, I still do this work on myself. Like I just did some work with this, with myself this past week, like just powerful releasing, you know, and it's like a tool in your tool belt once you learn, you know, and so I'm so thankful to have this show today. Just give, give witness to the possibility of once you learn these things, it can transform your life, like lay down patterns that you've struggled with for years 
Please excuse my dog barking if you can hear him. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I just wanted to say that, how powerful the work can really be. Yeah. 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 And I love that that so many many paths. Oh, I'm getting an echo all of a sudden. Um, Yeah, I love that there's so many paths that take us to the same place, which is inward. Um, The other thing about the compassion inquiry work that was absolutely so profound for me was the aspect of psychedelic integration. You know, after like, you know, I guess about eight, nine years of like really deeply, deeply working with a lot of plant medicine in a ceremonial, in ceremonial, traditional um, settings. I mean, I was just opening and opening and opening, like you said, like peeling away these layers, peeling away these layers and unveiling and unveiling and polishing the stone, um, you know, the crystal line structure of my beingness. Um, there, there was a point where I was just so blasted wide open that I was actually having a hard time really integrating some parts because there were certain things that just I just wasn't getting clarity on these some patterns, right? And a big one for me was anger. Like, and when it would arise, I would just feel so ashamed because it would just happen. I would just be reactive and angry. And then I would feel ashamed about it. And I was like, this is not working. Like, I don't want to play this game out anymore. Like, I want this to end. But it was never coming up in the medicine. And it came up in the compassion inquiry work. And it was like, all every it was like, it, it tied all of it together for me. And it, I realized how potent it was, you know, to have this approach to going inward and really being with the triggers gave me the tools to actually do that work. And that in a way that, that, that the psychedelics did not open me up to or, or really they primed me for, but it wasn't giving me everything. It was like, I kind of felt like, man, like, where am I going to, uh, how am I going to transform this? Like, I can't seem to, to reach it. You know, it wasn't coming through in psychedelics, but in the, in the work, in the practices with different practitioners I was working with, and I even got to work with Gabor as well. It's like, it just came through so crystal clear. And so, you know, the practice, you know, what I would offer to our listeners as a practice, you know, it's a really simple practice, but, you know, when you notice that you're triggered, you know, what does that even mean? You do know when you're triggered. A lot of times what happens is we get triggered. If there's a physical understanding of something going on and then we're reacting and, and then we're not really thinking, right? So we're being in reactive. So if you can start to tune in to what does it feel like to be triggered in the present moment? And so for an example, it's like, you know, if you're in a in a dynamic, in a situation, maybe you're at work and somebody, you know, crosses the line and upsets you, or maybe it's a relationship dynamic of, of any sort, even at home with your kids, with your partner, notice what the feeling is, right? Like, what is the physical sensation? Really give yourself a moment um to go inward and 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 with that i want to say like if you're in a dynamic where you know you find yourself getting overly reactive i think it's really healthy to ask for space and just take a moment that you can even if it's like asking for just a few moments to close your eyes and go inward and tune in to your physical sensations like notice the quality of your heart notice the quality of your of your belly and just bringing your own inner witness, inner eye in and doing a scan. Notice the body scan. Notice what's there. You may notice like, oh, I'm really tense in the shoulders or I feel like my heart's constricted. Okay, great. Like just go into that and just giving witness to that part of the self. 
And the same thing goes not just for triggers, like emotional triggers, such as, you know, anger or grief and sadness, but also anxiety. This is a big one. You know, a lot of people are suffering anxiety, especially after this crazy year that we've been through. <clears throat> anxiety, you know, is another one. It's like the, there's a tendency to want to avoid, suppress and get away from, medicate, like just anything to not feel it. However, the way through is in. It always is. And so, again, like noticing where do you feel the anxiety, closing your eyes and just going inward, going in and just noticing and just allowing yourself to paint a picture without making it wrong, without trying to fix it and just breathe and just be with what's there. And you may notice some information arises. You may get some sort of downloads like you may at the very least just notice that yourself calms down and your breath slows down, your heart rate slows down. Um, and sometimes, you know, when we go into this, you know, somatic viewing of what is arising, the information just shows up. And it seems to be tried and true in for myself as well as other people that have been practicing this. Um, and the wisdom there, it's like a lot of times the information is just going to come up. And so for me with anger, that like I said, it was a really big one. And I would, again, I would, it would just be this hamster wheel of like being explosive and then feeling ashamed that I was explosive and, um, you know, trying to figure out how am I ever going to stop doing this? Well, what I realized is the second I started feeling it, I would feel fire in my belly. I would just feel fire and heat and it would crawl up into my chest and like just well up out of my body. But once I started to tune into what the physical sensation was, I could notice it before reacting. It's a practice. It doesn't necessarily happen like this, but it does happen over time. So the more I could notice what that sensation was, I felt it coming before I actually get so angry and reacting that I could just take a moment to just be with what's there. Like, okay, there's a, I can feel that part of myself is I'm getting flamed up. Okay. So what happens when I give my attention there? It actually dissolves it actually starts to settle down. And, and then once that the body relaxes and I'm in a more peaceful inner state, then oftentimes like my mind opens up and my perception opens up and I start to have a deeper understanding of that, you know, pattern that's there. And then I can react more mindfully. And instead of reacting, I can choose my words carefully. I can choose how I'm showing up and what's coming out of my mouth. And so, yeah, I just invite you to be really curious, you know, when you're feeling triggered to just go deeper in, in a physical sensation way. And again, without making it wrong or trying to change it, but just allowing yourself to be with your own self in a, in a present, like empathetic abiding way. Thank you. <laughs> That's beautiful. What a beautiful explanation of the journey of being with the parts, right? And this is, this is it. Like, this is the same thing I've learned to do. And it's like, okay, if I'm not feeling flow, then there's something, there's something there for me to pay tune into. What is that? What is that? Do I need to give that part a voice? You know, if it's like my, my shoulder hurting or my knee, or if your body is having a physical sensation, then that's a, a telltale sign. There's some information held there. What's there for me? You know, and it's without just witnessing it, like the, the witness, right? Being the neutral observer. And like I speak of this in, in the show, uh, lots of shows. Our, our viewers have heard this word a lot. So, um, but it's so powerful learning to neutrally observe yourself so that you can get out of your own way of learning to see 
the patterns, right? Of like, what's really going on? Like, how am I showing up for myself in this circumstance? Oh, oh my gosh. I'm showing up exactly in this situation, the way my mom showed up, or I'm showing up the way my dad showed up with the same energy, right? Towards myself about, even though the circumstances might look different in your lifetime at this stage, but here's the truth. You're playing out a pattern that could potentially be a combination of both parents. This was my experience. Like, my, ex- my experience, and I'll just share a pattern, be really vulnerable here. This was a real life thing that I struggled with for many, many years. And I had no idea that I was parent- playing out a parental paradigm. I was playing out my parents' story of issues with sex and money. The sex part, they hid. I never, I mean, I saw little bits, you know, I came down the stairs when I was five and they had a crazy wild party going on that really, you know, and occasionally, you know, I'd come home from school and there'd be like a a porn in the video player, you know, like things like this were real, like, and I was young, you know, and so there was like these imprints that happened. And, and then the like shaming and wronging of it, you know, that happened in my family dynamic. But then the powerful thing is, is I would witness like their chaos of like, how they interacted with one another about things like they were building a second home for my grandfather. And there was tons of fights about money. So my consciousness was imprinted with like, both of those things were wrong. And if I were to get my needs met, that was not, not the way. So like there was a lot of avoidance in a lot of ways in myself because I was sheer the terror of what I experienced. I didn't want to have that in my adult years, but because I had that inside, I attracted the very lessons to like lean in and explore that inside of myself until I came home to realizing it's safe to learn about these things. It's safe to explore and release the shame that my body holds that, you know, the stories I hold. And so if that just, if that helps anyone out there that's listening, like that's a real life circumstance that I battled with for years. And I'm proud to say, you know, through my loving container of my relationship with my husband, like we really have truly been committed to each other and committed to the work. And I'm committed to the work inside. I take full responsibility that it's been mine and how I show up in different ways, but it's fully transformed our relationship. Doing this work is changed the way we love each other, changed the way our, our dynamics have been like, there's, we don't fight. We don't fight about it anymore. It's a conversation now. We're like, Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. We have a beautiful conversation instead of like, we used to get really triggered about things and be in loops about things. This is many years ago, but you know, we've, we've been together 18 years this year. I've lost track at this point, but I think so. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah. be vulnerable and share like that's been a powerful and who knows really how long that pattern has played out with my parents, but also who knows how long with their parents and their parents and their parents. Right. Cause that's how deep it goes. And so it's been a deep, like I've had like a lot, a lot of luggage to let go of in my psyche. Like I'm so grateful because I feel so much lighter and free. And now it's interesting. I've seen it in my clients. Like I turn around and God has brought me, spirit has brought me like specific clients to work at because I've in the position now where I've worked through it. Now I'm having people come forward that have been like, oh, they see like, oh, you can help me here. And it's without, without even trying, like it's just magnetized to me because, because of that. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. I mean, it's been amazing to witness you because I've actually been by your side through all of this and have witnessed you on this journey. And it's it's so profound. And like when you came to this understanding and this unveiling of the pattern, it just transformed your whole reality. And I've witnessed it. And it's just like my, I mean, I've cried with you. I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And, and this is the crux of optimizing your reality. It's right here. You know, it's like, it's about figuring out what the limiting beliefs are, figuring out what your stories are and deciding which ones are really working for you and not. And then doing the work to create new healthy habits to support who you want to actually be, how you want to show up in the world, how you want to be in relation to others. And, uh, you know, a huge part of that is actually taking responsibility for our own triggers, right? Because what happens, I think the biggest dynamic I see in relationships across the board is this projection of what's going on inside. You know, like you were saying, like you guys used to fight, but now you just talk, right? And did you feel like when you were fighting, there was a lot of projecting of your triggers going on? Oh, um, definitely. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's in was- my story too. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, different story, but that same dynamic of like, well, I feel this way because of you, you know, like making it about the other person instead of taking responsibility for what's actually happening inside. How we relate to the issue is the issue. And it's like, how are we relating to the emotions we feel inside? Like a lot of times it's not, we don't want to own what is there. And so that's what projection is when you, when you don't, aren't willing to feel and see inside of yourself, what is really going on, then it's projected out like a movie screen onto the other person. Yeah. And then, and then that's where the disconnect and the communication comes because they're like, wait a minute, you're not seeing, seeing reality here. I'm not showing up that way, but you're putting me in a, in a box in a way of show of thinking Mm -hmm. I'm that way. And that's where like disconnect can really happen for people or like that rubbing feeling where it's just like, it's icky. It's like, it's, it's an yeah. icky difficult place where it's like showing up in that way. But when you can learn to lean in, right. And give ourselves permission to like, Oh, my feelings are mine. No matter if they're, you know, whatever the feelings are allowing yourself to have them all and taking responsibility for how you're showing up and what your feelings are and owning and even saying to the other person in the moment, wow, I really feel like I'm showing up this way and it's creating this impact for you. Yeah. Like, and that, yeah. that takes, that's owning your responsibility instead of, instead of saying you're doing this, right. Where it's like blaming the other person, you're really owning what's yours. That's, that's where the change can happen in the moment when projection is happening is you can stop it by actually saying, wow, I really am, I'm really acknowledging that by me saying this, that, and this, it's creating this. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. ownership. It's t- it sounds like a, more of a nonviolent communication method of communication, which I love and NVC um, is amazing. And just the, it's really about the framing and the tone. And, and like you said, taking responsibility for what's arising like this is what's coming up for me now not you're making me blah 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 right instead just owning that something's arising there's something here and um and then also like asking for what we need that's so important you know just like really just no, that, a lot of times i think people um assume that their partner or their friend or whoever they're in communication with is just going to figure it out like what you need but you know 
a lot of times they don't. And then they get punished for that. So instead, just being really crystal clear and asking for what it is that we need, um, we're either going to get it or not, you know, and like the worst case scenario person is going to not be able to meet our needs or say they can't or they're going to, but then at least we know. And then there's no more gaze. You know, because that becomes a game of like, well, I want you to guess what my needs are and then fulfill them. It's like, how you just tell me exactly what you need and then I'll do my best to show up for you. You know, um, that's that's a big lesson I, you know, have also learned in my in my relationship and in life. You know, I've been in married for 20, well, not married for 20 years, but in a relationship for 21. And, you know, I've had to grow up together, you know, essentially <laughs> and go through, you know, I mean, my partner, Matthew, he's been along my side through, you know. God, just so much, like my entire transformation and him, you know, we're just inspiring each other to constantly, you know, refine ourselves. And, and I just, I am so proud that like, we've come such a long way in our communication. Oh, and proud of you. yeah, and a huge part was actually looking, you know, I had a therapist friend, Barb, amazing, you know, just offer us the NVC model at some point, the nonviolent communication model. And and when I say violent communication, does not mean you're calling each other names and, and yelling, which that could be happening too. I'm totally guilty. I've been that person. Um, however, what it means is 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 just framing things in a really in a really compassionate way and taking yes. full responsibility. And once we bo- we both really you know put more effort and attention towards communicating in that style that's just transformed everything it's just been a huge game changer beautiful I mean I've been so inspired by your marriage and your partnership all these years I mean you guys have lifted us up as as a as a couple and in our marriage and we've been friends for so long and I can honestly say it's been a game changer knowing you and being in vibration and having this loving dynamic as two married couples it's it's been a game changer like your family loves my family so deeply. We're family. And yeah. that just, it's, it's changed every part of my life. Just, we've been friends for almost the same time we've been in marriage. Uh, we've been married yeah. now. Yeah. So same time, same time frame. And yeah. it's changed my life, changed my life on every leg. And we've been able to celebrate yeah. so many radical things. And so I'm just so excited for your marriage and the work you've done in together in the world. And like, it's, it's really, I've seen the blossoming effect of like how deep your love goes for one another. It's, it's transformed your whole life and everyone around you. I mean, you're such a game changer in the community as well. Like I watched the ripple effect of how much your light and your love is so strong that you give permission so far and wide to so many people. And it's so beautiful mm-hmm. to see. And I just really, respect and admire your work and who you are in the world so much because I will, I witness, I mean, I just witness it. Like how many people are just like, Oh my gosh, that's such an amazing way to see the world. It's so inspiring. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. And I love your family so much. (laughs) Yes. And just wonderful to be in community, you know, over all these years and to hold each other through all of our personal transformations and, and witness each other in our worst, like in our worst that are like, you know, ugly and like patterns and just like, oh, you know, and rising up out of the muck, you know, like the lotus reaching for the sun and blossoming, I mean, and you know, it's our next iteration. Yes. And you're actively in that space. Like I am so proud of, to witness, like, I mean, your home just burned down five months ago and it's been an amazing, just, I never want that to happen to anyone. And 
just to witness you and hold you and hold your family during this time period and watch you put your tools in. Like you learned all the tools and then spirit gave you an opportunity. Like, all right, here's where you get to put it into practice. Right. And it's been radical to witness you show up in your family and hold your family in this way and just celebrate like the growth and the change and the silver lining in it all. Like you, I never went, went once witnessed anyone in your family go through a victim moment. And I'm sure lots of grief has arisen, but this is like, this is it, right? This is the life curriculum that arises where it's like you get an opportunity to really rewrite it every second. And I've watched your family do this. I've watched you do it. And I've watched how powerful you are as the integral you know, family unit, right? The middle of the, the middle of the family, Adam. And you're like, you're so powerful that you're like, this is such a sacred blessing. Like, wow. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. Yeah. Well, I have this, you know, philosophy and it's real simple. It's, it's sink or swim. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's like true. In life, you know, it's like I sink or swim, do or do not, you know, bringing that Yoda wisdom in. It's like that Jedi mindset is like, I'm here to win, win life, not win over anybody else, but like win this experience, like fucking show up and be my highest and best and like do the deep and dirty, like shadow work so I can be channeling more light and beauty into the world and um, just, you know, allow the container to grow. Um, Yeah. And so it's like, I'm either going to sink or swim. And like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sink. I'm going to swim. I'm a swimmer. Right. That's how yeah, I got here. I was, the, yes, I was the winner. <laughs> I was the winner that, that made it to my mom. <laughs> we all were. We all were the winners. That's, that's the beautiful thing. It's like, it's not just me. It's, like, it's all here. It's just about tuning your vibration to the wind, your own wind, right? Like optimizing Ooh, your reality, so human optimization, right? Like figuring out like what's not working, what's not optimizing and create new healthy habits. So, you know, maybe this is a good moment to, to talk about yeah. healthy habits and, and behavior change and, and how to, you know, create a structure for new habits, right? Yeah. And I think the first step is like noticing and getting clear on what what are the habits you already have going on that are maybe not serving you? Like, you know, are there unhealthy habits um, that you want to track out of your life and are there habits you want to bring in right and with goal setting I think it's really important to have small achievable goals that you're going to hit every day and then have bigger goals right like have stages of goals because if you only have this one goal that you're going to be like meet the love of your life and make six figures or seven figures or whatever this like dream vision is or whatever the story is, that that's obviously something that's going to accumulate over time. It might not happen today. It's that's great. Have that. But also like, what about the here and now? Because there's, there's actually something that, you know, you're getting it like a, a dopamine hit in the brain every time you um, hit a goal and a goal for some people. And even some clients I work with, the goal is to get out of bed every day and do self care, meaning like brush your teeth and like take a shower and just get out of bed because some people are suffering and they're in depression and, and it's just so hard to get out of bed. Right. So if the first stage is just to get up and take a shower and like wash your face and maybe adorn yourself or whatever, brush your teeth, like make, maybe it's making that cup of coffee. Like it's, there's no goal too small. And I just want to, shed some light on that because that's really important it's like 
whatever stage you're at. For me, that stage, that's a no brainer, right? I wake up every day, I get myself together. Like I have that, you know, I like to make my morning drink and, and, you know, I have my rituals, right? We all have our rituals, but, you know, depending on what stage you're at, you might want to like level up what your ritual is, right? Leveling up. And so making space and time. So when somebody comes in and they're wanting to work with me and they don't have, let's say with fitness, they don't have uh, any exercise going on. And they're like, okay, I want to, my goal is to like move. I'm not going to set them up with five days a week for an hour and say, this is your new game plan. That's, that's a big stretch, right? So I, what I would do with somebody is say, let's start off with like even well, asking them, how much time do you want to commit and dedicate to this goal, right? Number one, I, I thought my choice, it's yours, right? So make a decision really clear with yourself. Get really realistic, right? Like, let's say that, you know, the goal is that you want to shed 10 pounds or whatever, or, or gain 10 pounds, right? Like if we're talking about fitness stuff, I wouldn't say, you know, I would say to find something that actually feels like doable and then get on a plan with that and write it down and tell somebody, right? Having accountability buddies is really important in success. Like let your friends and family know your plan, right? Like if you're going to embark on, you know, a, a goal journey, it's good to have people that are supporting you on the way. And that just keeps it, you know, when you have accountability friends, then it just keeps you accountable to your own thing. If you're just telling yourself, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And then like the day comes, and you're like, oh, well, I didn't do it today. No one's going to know. Well, it makes it less potent, right? So the more we share what we're doing, actually, it keeps us more excited about reaching that goal, right? And so, for example, like if the goal is, to let's say like a weight loss program i wouldn't say like okay cardio five days a week you know i'd say maybe start off with like two or three days a week and you know start for 20 30 minutes and then once you hit that goal multiple times then you can ramp it up a bit and this is the same you can take anything here so if the goal is to be journaling you know regularly if it's to meditate starting with say you know a little timer and doing five ten minutes a day great like pick something that's small and achievable pick many things that are small and achievable and add them in. And you don't have to do everything every day, right? Like, you know, we all, a lot of us like to do a lot of things, you know, I, there's no way I could squeeze in one day, all the things I want to do. Right. So, um, you know, I might hike two days a week and I might be doing like resistance training two days a week. And then I might do cardio two days a week, break it up, break it up. And, and, and if it's not a fitness related, and I speak fitness a lot, cause that's part of what I do. They teach classes and do personal training work with people in the physical. So I do speak to that. Um, and that is a big goal for people to get exercise regimens and movement regimens. Um, but, you know, I do feel like across the board, no matter what anyone's goals are, like movement daily is so important, even if it's 15 to 20 minutes a day commitment to movement. And that can be, you know, exercise, a walk, foam rolling, you know, self-myofascial release work, uh, yoga, like anything, dance, just something where you're consciously mindfully just choosing to move your body and in honoring that, like that helps us get grounded in the physical, like we're here, this is where we are. We're here in these bodies. So it's important to like ground our energy into the body by loving up the body, you know, in all the ways it's so important. Um, if we're relating be behavior change to more of the psyche instead of the physical, because everything I just talked about was very in the physical, um, you know, it's really about like getting really clear on what the limiting beliefs are that we're working with. If we want to create a new structure pattern in the psyche, then we want to know what we're working with first. Right. So I usually suggest people to make a list if they're aware and they can bring in the zero awareness, what the limiting beliefs are, 
making a list and getting really clear on what those are. And then finding what the antidote is, right? Like, what, are the, what is the antidote? Like, if, if part of the limiting belief is, is that I am not worthy of love, like, I am not intelligent, I'm not beautiful enough, like, whatever the story is, what will be the antidote? What will be, like, a new story that you want to tell yourself? And so here's the trick with, like, manifesting, in my opinion. Um, it's not just my opinion. I think this goes across the board. But is you have to embody in the present moment now the, that which you're calling in, right? Otherwise, you're just dangling a carrot in front of you. Like, okay, here it is right here. This is, like, my, my highest self. This is my success. This is, like, all my, you know, this is me feeling. This is my happiness and my joy and all that. Instead, like, bring it into the present moment. Even if you got to fake it till you make it, you have to feel into what does it feel like to feel joy? What does it feel like that to feel like you're totally 100% worthy of love and having all your needs met? What does that feel like? So if you don't know what it feels like, imagine what it feels like. Use your imagination to allow yourself to call that vibration into beingness, into the body, into the here and now, right? And just really sit with that. That's the meditation. That's the practice right there. That is like, again, it's so simple, but like, you know, what if we've become very disconnected in our culture from our imagination and the validity of imagination, you know, and working with our, 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 our imagination in our dream. But I believe that that, as we, as we, as we allow ourselves to dream into being it into the now, like this, this ultimate version of like how we want to be, then we start to actually magnetize that, right. It becomes more real. And again, it's like, it's not just about saying a mantra once and, and then just going back to your old ways. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to being mindful and open to what's arising. It's a, it's a commitment to doing that practice of allowing yourself space to call into the present moment, what it feels like to already have all of these things we're calling in. And then allow it to unfold over time, right? It's like planting the seeds in our, in our um, inner landscape. Yeah. And so that's a practice. And it's a practice that... Um, you know, I recommend people do regularly. Yeah. So I have a question for you in your, in your practice, do you do this, like this specific piece, the embodiment piece? Like, I love this. It's so, it yeah. so resonates for me because this is what I do too. Like I give myself space in the morning time before I even get out of bed. Like I even made a vision board and hung it on my ceiling so that when I wake up, I look at it. Like that's, that's my part of my practice. Right. But I'm so curious, like, is there more uh, guidance here for, for you, like, in, in regards to, like, our viewers? Is it a window of time or any any insight there around, like, what you like to tell people specifically? Yeah, yeah. So, I, again, like, this is where I think and vision boarding is actually one of the homeworks I do give clients, actually. Like, you know, that can be something because it's, like, the way our brain relates to images is, is really powerful, Right. Um, so when I say like, I like to make a list of the things, get real clear on what it is you're like wanting to transform and then get real clear on what it is that you want to call in. And that's where writing comes out and journaling and like making these lists, right? So when you're really clear on both what it is you are really wanting to transform and alchemize into this new version of yourself, right? Like we're upgrading mm -hmm. the system, then you know what you're working with. So that's where like a sitting meditation. And again, like I like to really... I like to create sacred space. And what does that mean? That can look different for everybody. You know, I like to 
you know, call in my guides. Like we are all surrounded by our, our ancestors, our, however, you know, we connect, but there's, we have spirit teams that, you know, there's like, there's energies here to assist us on our path, whether you connect to a deity, whether it's like Buddha, Christ, Mary, um, you know, the aliens, the fairies, archangels, your ancestors, animal spirits like wh- whoever whatever it is like we all have a, a you know a team of spirit allies yes. so I like to make offerings to my allies and ask them for assistance you know as I um as I'm you know tuning into this work you know as, as I'm embodying this work and you know again for me that can mean like clearing my space with um you know copal or maybe some sage and maybe I'm gonna cleanse myself with feathers and cleanse my energetic field a lot of times I work with uh, tobacco. Tobacco is a master plant. I um, have been a, um, a very beginner apprentice in the Maman Kunawa tradition. So of tobacco, um, tobacco in the form of female. But um, for me, smoking my pipe is a way for me to ground and clear my energy. And I receive a lot of information while I'm doing that. So that for me is a way I create sacred space. And then I'll go into a practice and a meditation and embodiment. And so whatever works for you, um, however, that we're calling in the direction, that's another one. That's just such a profound way to create sacred space because it, it allows us to connect with um, ourselves in dimensions. So really tuning into the medicine of the Northeast, South and West above and below and like where we are in the center of all that. Right. So the more I create space and create a ritual around these, the more powerful it is. It's like the more you put in, the more you get out. Right. And so in that space, I just give myself permission. So instead of a quiet meditation where, um, you know, more like a tantric Buddhist meditation of, of quieting the mind instead I'm actually in an active mindfulness practice of embodying, embodying. So I, I imagine like, what does it feel like to feel, you know, whatever it is, the feelings I'm, I'm calling in, right? Like to really feel being in my power, feel being successful, feel being at peace, feel being happy, feel for somebody, it can be like, what does it feel like to have that being, like I said, that partner, being met by someone that is fully just committed and devoted to you that you're absolutely like head over heels and devoted and committed to also because that's a two-way street right so like what does it feel like when that's happening imagine if you don't know imagine and then really you want to feel just like with the triggers feel like that so it feels like also feel like what it feels like to feel fully held fully supported fully in abundance fully in love feel what that feels like do you feel like you know oh maybe this warmth and notice like is their heart really open and just, and also notice, be, be curious about those parts of yourself that self-doubt that's like, this is stupid. Or like, you know, what are you doing? You know, it's okay. Like give love to that part of the self with compassion and, and keep going because that may arise for you if you're not used to this practice. Right. And then just continue to paint a picture inside yourself. Well, what does it feel like? You know, and it's usually a very empowering feeling when we're stepping into, you know, this mm-hmm. what we're cultivating. It feels like a lightness. It may feel like um, an expansiveness. It may feel really grounded. Um, uh, your heart rate might be really calm. You might notice that like this quality of your throat is open because you're like calling in this like clear communication. So whatever it is, it's like tune into what the physical sensations are associated with these feelings of this ultimate joy and love and, and being metness. Yeah. Gorgeous. And thanks. Yeah. Yeah, and give thanks. Oh. Yeah. So it's just we're tuning the, the our frequency, right? That's all. That's what that is. Uh, Joe Dispenza. This is like the I think a, a huge part of Joe Dispenza's work. He's incredible. Uh, quantum physics. He um, 
He's written a couple great books that I love, like Becoming Superhuman and uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. That one's like, I recommend that to a lot of people. But yeah, this is sort of like the, the meat of that too. And it's, it's, it's the law of attraction. It's that you can call it whatever you want. There's a lot of people that teach it in different forms. But I just, again, right. like, I just simplify these things. I don't, I don't think it's all so complex. I think it's, you know. What you're, what you're sharing is so valuable. Yeah, it is so valuable. And I, I do the same work with my own clients is I will have them pick a quality that they want to embody and then have them craft their own specific affirmation that really resonates yes. for what they're wanting to embody and then build an entire practice around embodying specific qualities. So it's, it's important work, right? Because yes. how can you get from, how can you get from, you know, point A to point, whatever you, whatever you're trying to get to, you know, E, Z, whatever it may be, right? Like we're just going to use the alphabet as an example, but how can you really get there if you don't know what it feels like, right? And if you have, and what's, what you're doing is you're calling forward the conditioning that's in the way from you getting from point A to point Z. So what you're doing is you're saying to spirit, I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to witness it. I'm ready to feel it all. I'm ready to let it go and transform it, transmute it so that I can stop holding myself back from being the authentic person that I know I'm meant to be. So when you see that person out there in the world, it's like, oh my God, they're amazing. Look at their life. Look at what they're doing. I want that. Then that's a great model. Start emulating and modeling. Mm -hmm. Like take that amazing person, if it's Oprah or whoever it may be, right? And then hold them in your consciousness. Like what are the things about them that I resonate with? And then find that inside of yourself. That's right? a really beautiful like, practice. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's also some of the work that like, it's so similar, right? Like what you're yeah. sharing, and what I'm sharing, it's so similar, but it's so powerful to assist people in this place of like, where are you holding yourself back? And what are your practices? And I love that you're bringing forward how to optimize yourself because it is, it's fine tuning your vibration. Yeah. And the, in the mantra, the affirmation is a huge part of the work I do too. Like that's, pretty much across the board and I think that there's something about calling in the vocal by tuning like having a mantra to go with that the, the 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 mind imagination calling in and you said you know you're saying like this concept of going from like you know a to z or whatever and an interesting aspect of this is that like there is only the here and now right so there's only this present moment ever 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 there's no tomorrow there's no ever, ever, ever. really all we have is right here right now and so that's why like this 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 practice is calling our future self into the here and now that's what this embodiment's about instead of keeping it over here like well the i will when story like this is a great one um i will be happy when i find the love of my life or i will feel successful when i have my dream job well if you just take out the i will when that's really it right there instead of saying like i yes. will feel yes. um you know happy when i find the love of my life it's to just say I am happy. <laughs> you know, I am happy. I am successful. Like get rid of the, 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 all those like reasons when and why, and just be, be it, call it in the now. Right. And then that other stuff will unfold. And mm -hmm. so it's really just calling our, yeah, calling our dream, you know, version of ourselves, you know, this, this healed state, this, um, 
yeah, this like relaxed, peaceful state of beingness into the present moment. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's so beautiful to witness these tools that have obviously worked for you because you're you're a radical. You you can transform any situation. <laughs> I've witnessed you do it for years. Like I witnessed both your part, you and your partner, be like complete wizards. I'm just in awe sometimes. I'm like I'm a wizard. Like in such a powerful, in such a powerful way, like not in a sense like, you know, uh, you know, Disneyland wizard or whatever, but you know, you really, this is the embodiment, right? The embodiment of transforming yourself, like transforming any being alchemical inside of yourself, knowing that I, that I am inside is so powerful that I can transmute anything. Yeah. And like, I've witnessed this in you and it's so incredible, so incredible. Like, and I'm just so excited. (laughs) For the people that come to you for your work in the world, because I know without a shadow of a doubt, you're like, here's your sort of discernment, cut away those, cut away those pieces that, you know, aren't working for you anymore and hold them and love them and bring them into wholeness, right? You're, you're allowing, you're just so powerful that you're allowing others, giving them permission to like be the same, you know, by just being in your field alone, Thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I hold and witness I mean, you. It's and the same work you're doing, you know, like it's course. just, yeah, it's amazing. And I just feel so grateful to be in service. It feels so good. And I feel like it, it makes sense. Like I look at my life and I look at the, you know, the last 20 years of like all these accumulations. And it's like, it's not like it's like, this is it. I'm right here. It's like, no, I'm growing. Like I'm working on my degree in psychology right now. And I'm continuing on the medicine path. And studying, you know, and in, in, in these indigenous traditions and like my spiritual path is ever unfolding. So it's like always the academic and like the spiritual path and my physical work, um, you know, just constantly refining, but not constantly being in a, in a state that needs to be healed. I just, that's a big thing too. I really yes. like to, you know, I like to help people like, let's just, you know, like get to the point where we're like, we're good, but we're always like refining. It doesn't have to be that we're broken, right? So getting out of being broken and like carrying the luggage of multi-generational trauma from our human family story and like being able to really transform that. And so we can like, you know, vibrate this higher frequency and then again, like shine that out. Like you said, like we create this field. Right. And, and like, you know, that's, we too, people attune in the field. Sometimes it just happens like magically, you know, like just getting into like higher vibrational fields up levels us again. Like when I'm around people that like super inspire me that are doing amazing stuff that are like really like living it, like it just raises my vibration just by being right. Not to do anything. It's like, it's like this attunement happening. And so I think that's so beautiful. Um, And yeah, I'm just grateful for this work and I'm, you know, grateful to, to be here now at this time and life here on earth and to be able to share um, these gifts and, yeah, just to help people really tune into, like I said, like in, in my bio, like their fierceness, like this ferocity, like ferociousness for like the win, right? The win of life, the win of your own life, right? Not the winning in the competition I with other people, that. but like the win of your own reality, you know? Because this is the only time you get to be you, right? Like this is the time that you get to be Dawn and I get to be Tristan and, you know, our listeners get to be who they are. So let's fucking do it. Do it as optimized and do exactly again. And like, and find our way to joy and peace, whatever that looks like. You don't have to do anything 
super fabulous. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what you you're doing or like what these, you know, labels, as long as you're happy and you feel a joy, you know, yes, and, and inner peace and, um, and just, you know, sharing that and then sharing, you know, your magic and medicine with the world. And so, yeah, it's a, that's the beauty of like doing this deeper work with self-inquiry and compassionate self-inquiry is it, it, it allows you to release the places where you've felt blocked and your gifts are underneath that, right? The treasures you hold, the birth codes you've come with that are yours, your sacred gift, right? Spirit has given each of us our sacred gift that we've come to this earth to share. And so the self-inquiry rework is like a doorway into your own temple, into your own heart to really like allow you to open to it, cleanse away the places that you've held shame, regret, sorrow, all the, the, you know, in our spiritual curriculum, as it arises, we have to meet these things and it's not wrong or bad. And like letting go of believing that it's wrong or bad, the exiled parts, right. To bring them all in and love them so that you can really be whole and accept yourself. And then the treasures of you arise and you're just so joyful about sharing it. Right. And like the, the self-love show is an example of that. Like this just came into reality because of all, and I had no idea to birth this show. It wasn't even on the radar. Spirit just brought it in so clearly because I had done so much work on myself that it was like arising to the surface. Like, oh, here you go. A beautiful treasure that you didn't even know that this was in your heart. Right. And like, that's powerful. Here it is a year later. I'm getting to, you know, bring all these amazing people on and share and relish in like the giftedness that exists in the world and like how precious it is right? How, how freeing it is. And so that's amazing. I, I just wanted to say one more thing. Ron and Mary always, my teachers always say, if you're going to win, if you're going to have any kind of fantasy in your life, you might as may, well make it one that you win in. Ooh, and like, I love I, that. <laughs> it just yeah. stuck with me so clearly, right? Like don't tell ourselves any false stories about how we're not able to succeed or whatever it may be. Like, really lean in and start to like adopt like uh, that winning mindset. Like, and I love like when in your reality, like it's so, so good. So good. It's juicy. I hope that our audience can take that away. Are you willing to win in your reality? Like, are you willing to step forward and do, do the work, do the self-inquiry work to win in your reality? Like I just invite our viewers to take that in. Like that's so good. Yeah. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just want to thank you so much tristan for your beautiful shares today and the medicine you bring and you know optimize your reality it's so so powerful uh our viewer says the work you guys you are mentoring that you do on on myself boils down to the physical pain and discomfort for me and i'm thinking i am finding that that everybody is that way, but naming and identifying that as spiritual, etc. Yes, yes, it is. It's it's every every person is human, right? We're all human in a human body navigating our spiritual curriculum, what the lessons and opportunities we've come to grow and learn through as a human. Would you like to speak to that, Tristan? Yeah, I mean, I think I would just mirror exactly what you said. You just said it so perfectly and eloquently you know I just yeah exactly I feel like this is just part of the the human unraveling and yeah we're and 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 we are all processing things in our own unique way and how 
one person is relating to their inner landscape may look a little different than the next. And for some, it's very physical. Some, it's more um, mental, psychological. Yeah. So I'm going to put Tristan's links in the chat box here um, and share them out because she's so amazing. And I want all our viewers to really, you know, tap in and tune into Tristan. She's incredible and such a wealth of information and knowledge. I have one more that I'm going to share here. And it's her Instagram and her link tree. So if you're interested in finding her, please, please, please reach out. Uh, and here is her Instagram. Yeah. Yay. Hmm. Thank you. Is there you. anything else um, you'd love to share about your, yeah. you know, your current offerings or? Yeah. That might yeah. Be I would actually, I would love to share. I mean, obviously like this, so this space I'm in right now, this is in Santa Rosa, California. This is a healing sanctuary. And so I do do, hands-on healing work here as well as like psycho-spiritual coaching through the form of, you know, compassion inquiry and life coaching stuff. So I do in-person work as well as virtual. Uh, also here in this building, I'm at the 808 Donahue Warehouse. We have this huge wellness collective happening and I'll be teaching um, a hit sculpt class on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. And that event is uh, on my Instagram as well as uh, through Facebook events. So if you're interested in doing movement work with me, that that's happening, group live classes. And I also want to speak to our event that we're starting, Dawn, that's going to be actually out on Facebook um, soon. Like I actually was just working on the, on the event flyer this morning, but it's a community self-inquiry support group that Dawn and myself and our friend Krista Cook have developed. And this is going to be an outdoor event that's going to be once a month starting April 21st, I believe it is, at 5.30 on Wednesday. And we're going to just try to do this once a month. And we may bring in other practitioners um, as guests to help out and to just offer their medicine and tools as well. And the beauty of this is, like, oh, I know a lot of people are really creating connection, especially right now more than ever. And we're choosing an outdoor seat sitting so that, it, you know, we can, um, if people, first of all, the weather is beautiful and amazing. Um, we, all the information will be in the event flyer, but, you know, really it's about like us, you know, facilitating a group um, inquiry. So really kind of diving deeper into the tools and the things that we were sharing here today in a group setting, um, you know, in a place where it'll be a 90 minute, um, it's going to be by donation, suggested donations, $20, but really like any amount that you can throw in uh, less or more is cool with us. And yeah, we're just happy to create a, a container, a sacred container for people to be able to be heard, be seen and share and to um, receive tools. And, um, you know, when we work in a group, there's so much that happens, you know, even if you're just quiet and listening the whole time, you may really receive some, some great downloads and information, you know, and if you're participating, oftentimes, like, you know, what, what happens for you is like, whoa, that really speaks for me, right? So there's this dynamic that happens in group that is uh, really potentiates the quality and, of healing. And so I'm really excited to begin this process with you. And we'll be putting out that event through Facebook events. And you'll be able to find it in my link tree on my Instagram as well, as well as wherever Dawn is going to be sharing it. And Krista. Yes, I have a link tree on my Instagram too. I'll, I'll put it on all my, all my links and yeah. also be able to promote it on the sh other shows as well. So right. thank you for yeah. mentioning that. I so excited to do this work with you. And, and I know the community is really 
going to benefit from just learning tools and practices of compassionate self-inquiry work. It's so powerful and such a game changer. If you're ready to level up your life, this is this is the way. It's always from within, right? Because we all carry the answers within. So yes. it's just an opportunity to also just be held and seen and, and loved, right? Embraced for all you are. And that's and the gift of coming out of COVID, right? And that's why we chose like an outdoor environment so that it's like a safe environment for us all to feel, you know, held and safe enough space where there's enough space for everybody to feel like a good container and it's gorgeous outside. So it'll be a really exciting thing to embark upon right in the yes. springtime, right? Blossoming spring. Here we come. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you so much for this conversation today. You know, obviously, like we love to chop it up and talk about all this amazing stuff. And I'm grateful to get to share with your audience here as well and your community of the Self Love Show. I love you so dearly. Oh, yeah. I love you so dearly, too. This has been so fun. So we just want to say thank you to our viewers and, yeah. you know, for coming weekly and sharing. And if you're catching this in the replay, thank you so much. And we're so excited to continue the show forward. And if you're interested and uh, have some burning questions or like a topic that you want to feel met on the show, please reach out to us, you know, in our Facebook page, just send us a message. We're always so open. And if you're interested in actually being a guest teacher on the show, please reach out because, you know, this is a, we build this platform to be able to share far and wide powerful tools of self-transformation to come home to the heart of self-love. So Thank you again to all our viewers. We love, love, love this opportunity of service. And just thank you, Spirit, so much for Yay. how you love and hold us in our life. Like, so grateful on every level of my being. And I hope you guys have an amazing week and looking forward to this again. Thank you, Tristan, again for being on the show. You're an amazing goddess. I support your work in the world. I support you and just love and adore your family so much. Thank you so much, Don Light. And thank you, Trish, who is not here today. And thank you to yes. all of our listeners and watchers. Yes. yes. Blessings, everyone. Have an amazing week. Okay.